Hey, this is Garrett. Before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsors. First, we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Uh, go on there and check it out. There's uh, community forums on there where you can learn about all different tips and tactics for different types of waterfowl hunting. You can talk with a bunch of different guys all over the country. You can also go on there and find hunts to trade with people. Like say you want to go out east on the coast and hunt some sea ducks. You can go on there, find someone that's got one of those hunts. And if they're willing to, you can trade them a hunt for uh, something in your area. They also have uh, clothing on there, hats and shirts and whatnot. And check out their Salty Duck line. 100% of the proceeds from anything you buy from that go to the conservation of eiders. So that's a really cool uh, deal. Good way to spend your money. You can also find them on Instagram. Uh, it's D-U-K-S-C-N. Uh, next, we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service uh, down in the San Antonio area. If you want to get on some ducks and geese, go ahead and find him on Facebook at Waylon Johnson. Or you can give him a call. His number is 361-494-7868. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. That's Caleb and the guys. They're making hunting and fishing videos. You can find them on YouTube at 701 Pursuit. They're also on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All those are 701 Pursuit also. And they have a website. It's seven, the numbers, 701pursuit.com. Uh, go check out some of their merch, buy some of their hats, some of their hoodies. Last, we have Highline Retrievers. That's my uh, gun dog training service up here in Culbertson, Montana. Uh, if you are looking for any advice on training or if you want to set up some training this next summer for your Four-legged hunting pal, you can give me a call. Uh, my number is 406-783-7083. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, Facebook, it's H-I-L-I-N-E Retrievers. And on Instagram and TikTok, it's H-I-L-I-N-E Retrievers, all one word. And then, guys, we have a Facebook page. It's just called the Wicked Hunting Report Podcast. Uh, go on there. Uh, get in on it. We will approve you in as long as you're not 12 years old. Um, pretty much on there, we're going to have migration reports from across the country as guys are seeing birds fly uh, north or south, depending on the season. Be letting you know what's going through the area, numbers and types and whatnot. You can also get on there, post your hunting picks, what's good, what's bad, you know, anything like that. Anything goes, just try not to make it political at all. That's all we ask, but that's all we got for sponsors. Uh, please enjoy the show, and if you hear anything that you like or don't like, let me know. We're always trying to improve what we got for the show, but uh, yeah, enjoy it. All right, welcome in. This is Garrett. I'm here with Ricky Stefani. He's in uh, Northern California, and he is a duck-killing machine. So, uh, Ricky, why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, what you do, and yeah, uh, I'm Ricky. Uh, I live in Vacaville, Vacaville, California, and uh, I'm 22 years old. Um, I grew up hunting with my dad and everything my whole life. Uh, when I'm hunt not hunting, I'm fishing and just kind of starting to kick things off here in California. We're starting to get, get a good push of birds down here. Um, it's been kind of slow, slow the last couple of weeks, but we're making the best of what we have right now. But once we get a little bit of weather coming in, it should really start picking up down here okay when did your season start uh october october 22nd was the and then uh there's a northern zone 
up in like Oregon and the northern end of way northern end of California that start started the first week of October. Okay. How far north are you, I guess? Kind of right in the middle. Um I'm right right in the middle between uh San Francisco and Sacramento, but so that's like the uh the northern zones kind of up in like Klamath and all all the way kinda of up north up there. Cool. So uh I guess what got you into that you grew up doing with your dad and whatnot, but I mean, what pushed you to uh, do it to the level that you do now? I mean, it's just, you know, with just something I always grew up around, you know, it's ran in my family and my mom, my mom hunts, my dad hunts, my grandpa's, both my grandpa's hunted. Um, so it's just something that runs in my family. And, you know, now that, you know, I'm older, you know, it's nice being able to have my own blind and uh, which I don't have a blind this year due to, due to our drought so i've just been hitting uh public land hard but you know it's just something i grew up around i mean if i'm always shooting deer ducks turkeys coyotes then when i'm not doing that i'm usually fishing so is what most of you hunt you said this year is uh public but i mean are you normally on private do you guys have a lease or what do you guys do uh yeah so there's a couple couple uh last year i had four rice blinds up north all on the same property so that's that's usually what I kind of do, but you know, do with the water situation this year. It, uh, it's very very limited on where we can hunt. Okay, so I that right stuff you had to have the water to flood it, and were they correct? You guys on that or what? Um, I mean, you can hunt dry fields and everything. You know, there's a lot of the record amounts of geese right now in the valley. Um, but it's just something I haven't really devoted that much money into yet is getting into dry field stuff. You know, it's going from, going from, you know, all my duck stuff to having to get a bunch of full bodies and dive bombs and everything. And that's a, that's definitely a cost that, you know, I want to definitely get into, but just, just waiting for the right time to kind of find the right properties to do it at. So then you're, you're most hunting on water then? Yeah. I, I do a lot of water hunting. Is it mostly marsh? Are you guys in boats or what are you guys doing? Um, so it kind of depends, you know, I got the Delta kind of close to my house and, uh, you know, that's usually about, uh, like waist to chest deep, but you know, most of rice stuff and natural marshes I hunt, you know, is about ankle to ankle to knee deep. Okay. So you guys, okay. Um, when you guys are out, what are you mostly seeing down there? What do you guys hunt for mostly? Are you mostly just killing ducks or you guys got specks and little geese or what do you guys go after? You know, it, it, everywhere is kind of different. Um, so like right now, you know, I've been killing, you know, quite a few mallards and mallards and teal is mostly what I've been killing. Um, come later in the season, you know, us Pacific flyway guys are, are known for our, our pintail. Um, but yeah, I mean, so like specks, teal, mallards, widgeon, you know, all that good stuff. And then, you know, every hunt we'll go out and get our pintail and it's, it's, it's to the point almost where, you know, where we could kill seven pintail towards the end of the season if we wanted to. If you wanted to or if they let you. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you like going after more than ducks or geese? Uh, I'm more, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love geese, but um, ducks, man, it's, it's a lot funner with ducks, you know, just kind of being able to go out by myself. You know, a lot of you guys that do geese around here, you know, you have to have four or five guns and, you know, it gets kind of, it gets kind of complicated when you have that many shots going off on, you know, and you got guys trying to call birds, you know, that they think they shot. It just, 
it gets a little too compl- complicated with that many guys. For sure. I mean, I love that too. Just going out on a little solo hunt, just me and the dog. Even if, yep. it, you know, when we go after big honkers out here quite a bit, um, I like, I try to once a year, if not more, go out with just me and the dog and set up just a little spread of dive bombs and set out. And it's, you know, there's not so much pressure to get the pile or anything because you don't got other guys that are trying to get birds too. It's just kind of out there and enjoy it. And I like that just as much, if not more than going out with a bunch of guys and getting a big pile. Yeah, it's just, you know, that's also kind of like me, you know, kind of right now is the slower times of the year. And, uh, you know, for two or three guys, you know, it's really, really hard to try to get that pile. And, you know, when you're out there by yourself, you could take time, you can take your time kind of getting the birds finishing the way you want to. And, you know, you don't have to try to feel like, you know, like, oh, the other guys that like to shoot, you know, as far as I do, you know, they want them 20 yards or closer. And, you know, I don't mind shooting 30, 40 yards. So it's just hard getting those, it's, it's hard getting those birds in in tight and the numbers that you know and trying to produce numbers right now yeah so you had a picture on one of our groups the other or a video was it today or yesterday but you guys had just a giant limited ducks how did that go i mean was that quick uh, hold it, it um it's it, it just kind of depends you know um it just you know the wind and stuff really plays a factor for us right now um but it's kind of, you know, like eight, nine o'clock, you know, we could usually, if we're shooting good and, you know, the birds are cooperating pretty good, you know, we could be done by eight or nine o'clock with three limits of ducks and a couple geese every time. Good Lord. So you guys are like right in the, right in the middle of a hot spot then or what? Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, like what a lot of guys say, you know, you just got to put in the time to find the birds and once you do it, you know, you just kind of keep it hush hush. Uh, I've been going to the refuges and, you know, we could take bikes to these refuges, some of these refuges, and, you know, we're going three and a half, four miles each way on our bikes, you know, just to get away from the crowds of people. And, you know, that seems to really, really help our success and our numbers is being farther away from guys. And, you know, also the guys that do go up there, the other guys that go up there and hunt that, you know, aren't hunting with us, you know, all, they're respectful. You know, they, they don't call birds on your swing. You know, they let the birds work you. So it's definitely a lot better instead of hunting, you know, quarter half mile from the parking lot where you just got your your weekend guys that'll go out and uh do everything they can to try to kill birds and if that means calling them off you or shooting them on a pass over them you know that that can really really mess up your hunt quick so you just said ride your bike you guys riding bicycles in with bags on your back or what yep uh yeah just you know like a walmart special you know we carry each about a half dozen or a dozen decoys with us and you know, we could do that bike ride in probably about 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> Waiters on or in the bag? Um, it depends. I, there were some guys set up the other day, kind of, you know, they came up and said about 100 yards from me and uh, they shot two ducks. And, you know, we shot we shot 14 pretty quick. And uh, I got back to my bike and my boots were gone. So I think there was a little bit of jealousy going on there and they uh, chucked my boots. But I usually try to put my waders on over my back because – you know, riding with waders that'll wear them out quick, and yeah. it's just it's just another extra thing. So is that a common thing? So, guys riding bicycles in the spots? Um, you know, farther away it is. You know, it, it I've walked it before, and it you know it takes me two hours. You know, it cuts your time in half almost. Yeah, I guess I've just never thought of that for duck hunting. You know, having packing decoys. I know deer hunting and whatnot is a thing, but I guess I just never really thought of it for waterfowl. Yeah, I mean waterfowl. You know, not all refuges allow it. Some you don't need. Some you don't need to. But 
you know, right, right now, you know, I'm going, I'm going as far away as I can from everyone else. And that's really playing success and how we've been doing up here. All right. Um, have you been anywhere else hunting or you just stick around that area? Like any other no. or any areas or what? Um, no, I haven't been to any other States yet. It's, you know, California trying to, trying to get everything, you know, it's just a pain in the ass trying to get everything out legal, legal wise, what you can bring in, what, you know, if you get checked, you know what, you can't bring ammo back into the state. So it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a nightmare right now. Are you uh, planning on sticking around there forever? Or, I mean, any of those policies affect your decision on that at all? They don't, you know, it, it, it can only get bad to a certain point where things are going to have to stop or start changing. But, you know, I mean, I live right in the middle of California. I got the ocean, you know, two hours away from me. I got my duck spots you know, a half hour from me, I got the mountains two and a half hours away from me. So it's, it's very diverse on what I can do in the state. And uh, it hasn't gotten to a point yet where I feel like I need to leave where I want to leave. I'm, I'm sitting okay right now. I got you. I mean, California is known as a place where there's all sorts of hunting, all sorts of game and whatnot. But it's just that the policies around it just seem so miserable for anybody wanting to come in and try it or whatever. It just, it sounds like such a hassle that. No yeah, way. I mean, you know, it's it's to the point now. You know, if you if you live out of state and you come into California, you can't buy ammo. You have to. You can bring ammo into the state, but you can't buy ammo once you get into California. You have to be a California resident to buy ammo in California. So, I kind of was hearing something about it. Can you guys still order in? It? You have to buy from a. Nope, we have to buy in California unless you go to a place that can. Um, there's a few places that will ship it in for you but you know they charge like an extra like five six dollars a box to do that so like if you guys wanted to order boss ammo or anything like that how can you even do it at all or do you it's you're looking at way you i mean you're looking at the cost you know like fiokis to heavy bismuth you know if you wanted to ship a case of fiokis into california it'd probably cost you about the the price of a case of bismuth after all the fees and everything you have to go through Jesus. So buying gun, do you guys have to do anything special or anything like that? I mean, like, can you walk in um, Bella's you, and buy one and get out of there in an hour or so like you can here? What's that like? There, there is no Cabela's in California. Um, and you have to wait 10 days and to go through like a certain amount of background checks to get the firearm and ammo. Now you have to go through a background check to get ammo. So they have to check your license and you have to pay like a dollar every time you want to go buy ammo and you have to, for the, for the background check, uh, check to get ran. Well, that would save me a lot of money over the years. Cause there's, there's quite a few guns that I've walked into some place and spur of the moment saw something I liked and you know, you can walk out in half an hour with it. So <laughs> being in California where I had to have had 10 days, like you said, for background check and whatnot, saved me a lot of money. Yeah, I know it. It, it's definitely it's definitely a hassle here to and you know you have, you have to have a hunting license to buy a gun uh long rifles you know it's long guns are 18 and you have to have a hunting license it's, it's just a night and buy a gun if they want you have to have you know like either a certificate saying you completed a course or a hunting license okay so just like your like if you just have your hunter safety card and then you have bought a hunter's license and you're over the age 18, you can go in and buy something. You just have to wait. Those you just have to wait. Yes, you just have to wait the extra 10 days. 
So they just give you a call when the 10 days are up and say that you're good to go, go back and pick it up or what? Yep. And then, yeah, that's basically what they do. They call you and say, okay, background checks are good. Uh, you come and pick up your gun and then you got to a bunch more paperwork after that. Cool. I mean, not cool, but <laughs> yeah, it's I definitely mean... a hassle and trying to find ammo here is, you know, not being able to ship it, you know, out unless you want to pay that price. Um, it's definitely like last year, you know, when COVID was really, really kind of affecting things, you know, it was, if, you know, ammo was in a store, you know, if there were a hundred cases, it was gone, gone in an hour. Wow. I mean, yeah, when our COVID was going on, it was kind of the same thing. It wasn't quite that extreme, but I mean, there'd be a line out front of Sportsman's Warehouse or whatever. When, you know, when shipment was coming in, they'd make an announcement. Today, shipment's going to be coming in. And when they open their doors or whatever at nine, there'll be, there'd be a line of people going there. And then they limited you to, you know, two boxes per caliber per person, yeah. whatever. But what they were getting in wasn't good anyways. It's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Silver Wolf or whatever they call them. Those crappy rounds, but. Yeah. No, it's just, it's definitely a pain. But, you know, it hasn't gotten to a point yet where I'm like, I'm really really want to leave the state just because of how diverse the hunting and fishing is here man i i can't leave it right now so what kind of fishing do you do i do a lot of ocean fishing you know king salmon and uh you know tuna all that rockfish all that stuff that's kind of where my heart is in the ocean when i'm not duck hunting or anything that's awesome so are you guys are you I guess I don't know anything about that. Can you fish that offshore piers or anything? Or do you guys have a boat you go out deep part? Or uh, Usually, um, a lot of it's boats. You know, it's um, there's some piers, but, you know, you got you to gotta go out go out a little bit to, to get into the really good fishing. You know, a lot of salmon and all that stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of boat fishing. But, yes, we, we, have, a, uh, we have a boat. Cool. So... What, how do I want to phrase this one? You said that you don't want to go anywhere, like you wouldn't move out and you haven't gone anywhere yet. But, I mean, do you have a bucket list, like a place you want to go for hunting or fishing or anything or anything you're going to do in the future you have planned at all? So, I mean, you know, like I put in for out-of-state hunts every year, like a lot, a lot of big game and stuff. Um, you know, elk, all that deer, all that stuff. You know, I'd like to get out of state to do that stuff, but. You know, the duck hunting here, man, it's just, I can't complain about it. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't, you know, some of these outfitters, man, they're charging an arm and a leg now just for, you know, a chance. You know, it's, it's a lot of money to have to put down towards something when I could just do it and do it and stay at home. I mean, you know, it's not like mallard hunting, like, you know, a lot of these guys have in the Midwest and everything. But, you know, it's, it's, it's doable. I mean, I, I love staying out here and, uh. I mean, I just don't really see a, a point in me wanting to, to pay that kind of money to go, you know, just kill a bunch of mallards. I mean, it's mallard hunting's fun and all, but I don't know. My heart's just kind of, you know, stuck here where I grew up and everything. For sure. Well, I mean, if you ever are thinking of going somewhere to do something, you should check out uh, the website. The guy that I just had on this episode that released today, it's uh, duckseason.com, and you can go on there and you can uh, trade hunts with guys. Like, there's guys that go from North Dakota, go to Maine to hunt Brant and Eider and whatnot, and then they'll trade a hunt the next season. Whoever they went with out there will come over, like, to North Dakota and shoot mallards, whatever. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that would love to come to California. And, you know, that way it's free. You're just pretty much meeting up with the guy, and he's taking you out to his spots, and you guys are yeah 
Yeah, I'll definitely have to, I'll have to look into that. But yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I just can't see myself really wanting to fork over that money right now unless it's you know like a big group of guys, you know, like a like a bachelor party or something. You know, that'd be that's something different. But I just can't see myself spending all that time and everything to to go out there and you know do some of that stuff. So you do your big game hunting, you said too. What what do you chase there in California? And are you an archery or rifle guy? Uh, kind of both. Um, you know, we just, everything here, you know, that's very, you can't really buy an elk tag or an antelope tag or something over the counter. You know, they're all, they're all very special, you know, draws that, um, you know, there's only 30 tags given out a year for some of these, some of these units and it's pretty hard to do. So I do like a lot of blacktail and, uh, blacktail and whatnot. That's kind of in pigs. Do you guys have to draw a tag for your pigs, or is it like Texas where they're a nuisance? So they're trying to pass something right now. Um, right now, you do have to buy a tag. It's like twenty bucks, but they're trying to trying to pass something now where you just have to pay like twenty dollars, and that that'll last you a whole year, and you can kill as many pigs under that tag as you'd like. But you can right now, you can just buy a pig tag over the counter. Is there a limit? Yeah, to you, buy for twenty bucks, or is it one? Nope you could you could buy as many tags as you want. Cool. That's cool. So what, if you had to pick one, do you have any, like, what's your most memorable hunt or like bird or big game or anything? Like, what's your most memorable thing of if someone asked you to tell them a hunting story? It, it'd probably be, um, I don't know, man, I got quite a few. I killed a banded ruddy like five years ago. And then uh, in the last three years, I've killed two banded spoonies. So that's kind of up there on those, you know, you don't see a lot of those killed, um, I killed my banded ruddy and that was the only banded ruddy killed in the United States that year that was banded. That's crazy, man. That would, any of those, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you, um, you know, that ruddy came all the way down from, you know, like the middle of Canada, all the way down to California. You know, you see those ruddies and everything and you think, damn, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect, uh, you wouldn't expect a little bird like that to migrate that far down. No. And honestly, I've never seen a migrate. Like we get them up here, but, they like summer up here, up here in Montana, and then just one day they're all gone. It's not like, you know, mallards where you can see that there's less and less. It's just like one day, not a single ruddy in the area, and then one day they just show back up in the spring. Yeah, you know, that's kind of just like, you know, you'll, you'll get your local bird, you know, your local ruddies that'll kind of stay around here, but it's it's just almost like cooch, you know, you wake up, you know, one day and there's none there, and then you wake up the next day and you got a thousand coops sitting in there, and you're like, how in the hell did all these things come in that that quick overnight? And they stay; they never leave once they're there. Yeah, that's always. I've never seen a coop migrate in my life, and yeah, it's just like those reddies. They're just they're there one day, and then the next day they're all gone. There's not a single raft out there, nothing. Yep, yep. They're just here and gone, and you're like, it's it's insane how how quick things can change like that. Now, I saw a picture or a post of some guy in California, and their thing is is they don't carry out, you know, a half dozen or a dozen or whatever uh, uh, mallard decoys anymore. They bring, like, a dozen and a half coot decoys and make them look like a raft, like they're all together, and then they'll just have, like, two or three mallards off to the side. And that's their spread, and they said they hammer them because ducks know that if there's a raft, it's safe to be there. Yeah, you know, um, come later in the season, you know, the end of December all the way till the end of our season, you know, my refuge spread is usually, a, you know, a dozen coots and a couple widgeon decoys. And, you know, I just ball them all up. And it's 
it makes a it makes a big difference. I think with running coot decoys, it's like yeah. not a lot of thing uh, a lot of guys do, but you know those coot de- decoys are definitely confidence decoys for those birds later on. Yeah, see, I've thought about doing that, but like I said, they're there one day and they're gone their next, so you never even know. Like I might set up that spread and not realize the coot's been gone for a week, and the birds know that, and they're not even gonna pay attention to me. But the way yeah, that- but um, here, man, it's. Once the coots are in, man, they're in. You know, yeah. there are definitely days where you could walk you could walk out to almost any refuge any day and kill your limit of coots if you wanted to. There's definitely no shortage of coots around here. So you guys get any, like, odd birds that show up down there at all? Like, any Egyptian geese or anything crazy like that? Uh, no, not really. You know, um, one of my buddies killed an emperor goose a couple years ago, you know, about an hour from me. And so that's kind of a... a that's kind of like, you know, that's like one of the rarest things I've seen around here is an emperor, emperor goose killed. But uh, other than that, not really. You know, we, we hardly – I've never seen a black duck. I've maybe seen one killed. Um, but other than that, you know, it's just a lot of your, your common birds that you, uh, that you know, you see a lot of places anywhere else. But the pintail here are definitely – you know, that's what – I know quite a few guys come to California just to kill a pintail because they'll go all season without seeing one. and you know, come, come later in the season, you know, you could kill all you want here. That's kind of how it is up here too, that, I mean, we have pintail up the ass, but it seems like one season gets started, they just take up and they're gone. But when they're here, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds. And as far as you can see, it seems like it's mallards and pintails and just crazy how the limit's only one for us. But then as soon as we get to season, they're just like gone. So, I mean, I've only killed a handful in my life. Yeah. I mean, you know, here it's, you know, you come December, January, you know, you'll have flocks of 50 to 100 pintail, you know, work you all day long. I mean, it's just wave after wave of pintail, right, come the later end of the season. You guys got any cinnamons where you're at? Cinnamon tea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I killed two, uh, killed two Saturday. You know, every year we kill about, between me and my dad, we probably kill about 15 to 20 cinnamons every year. That's awesome. That's definitely a bucket list bird for a bunch of people. Yeah, cinnamons, and you know, I mean, I mean, the rare things here are blue wings. You know, it's not like you know Texas and all that. You know, well, I've killed one, and I actually I missed one Saturday for my trifecta, which I was pretty upset about. Was that green cinnamon and blue? Yes, sir. You guys get a bunch of greens then? Oh yeah, it's um, it's insane. Some of the teal balls, like uh, Sunday, Sunday I had a ball of teal coming, and I had two two ducks i needed five more and i killed five or three shots jesus <laughs> just yeah, so, yeah i mean it, it was just you know they were all balled up and i was trying to pick them out and then right at the last second they banked right towards me and it was just center punch the flock and i was like uh-oh like, i need to really i need to really pick out my birds now yeah so do you guys get a bunch of bands down there yeah, um you know, it's just like a lot of other things. You know, I've I've killed five. I've I've killed five in the less than a year. You know, I killed two. Uh, I've killed two this year. And I killed three last year. But I I've killed eleven bands. That's awesome. What's your uh, farthest one? You know, farthest migrating one was it that ruddy or was there any more? Um, a uh, snow goose I killed. That was I can't even pronounce the island, but it was banded way up way up north in Alaska. Oh. Now, that one was, I think it was banned in like 2004 and I killed it last year. 
Oh, it's an old one then. Yeah. How'd you even read the numbers, or was it still pretty intact? It was uh, still pretty intact. You know, we don't um, – it was definitely worn down. I mean, you know, but you could read out the numbers. My ready, on the other hand, I had to uh, really, really etch that thing out to get the numbers on it. But I think that's just because, you know, they, they hang out a lot of brackish water and whatnot, so that salt definitely wears down faster than fresh water does. Yeah. So can you uh, give me a migration port, like a little more detail, what you guys are seeing and what you're expecting, like what's normal? So right now, you know, it's just, um, you know, up north, Oregon and all that, you know, it's been it's been pretty cold up there. So we've definitely seen more birds the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm expecting in the next uh, probably two to three weeks, hopefully, you know, Oregon and Washington, cold and we get that that good good push uh push of birds down you know we'll get a lot more widgeon and teal and sprig and whatnot um the snow geese are here the specs are here in record numbers for a lot of guys um so we're just kind of waiting on that big push of widgeon and whatnot to come down and that that'll really start bumping up these these uh averages at the refuges and for you know for all the guys that post their picture on facebook and whatnot um it's been you know, you see some posts, you know, guys are doing really well. And, you know, you see other posts, you know, guys got one or two ducks. So I think once we get a next uh, good cold front through and a bunch of rain, you know, these birds are going to really start moving around. You know, right now they don't they don't have to move around and no, no wind. It's like 60, 50, 55, 60 degrees during the day. So these birds are kind of, you know, just finding where they their safe spots and uh hunkering down so we need some weather to kind of push these birds around and it'll really start picking up yeah for sure thanks thanks for that that's the most in-depth detail one we've gotten so far i gotta start saying that better give us a good detail migration report not just yeah we're seeing birds yeah no it's it'll i think you know um come probably the second week of december you know you'll really california will really start taking off with the amount of birds that'll start kind of getting pushed around and whatnot. Cool. So being there in California, sorry to keep, it seems like I keep ragging on the state, but last question like this, do you get, you know, much pushback on hunting there? Like, do you run into people that are upset about it or, you know, get mad at you guys for what you do? Or is it all pretty like-minded people that you run into? Um, You know, I really don't, go out as far as to go, you know, hunt. I don't do a lot of, you know, coastal hunting and whatnot. And, um, you know, a lot of these places around here, you, you'd be surprised. You actually don't run into that many people unless you're hunting really close to houses and, you know, along the bay and everything, you know, where the people that aren't very fond of hunting are live. And, uh, that's where you'll kind of run into problems. I never really have. The only issues I kind of run into is, you know, if, you know, you're at a refuge or something or, public land that some people set up on top of you or you know you don't know they're there and you know you get within 100 yards of them and that'll that'll usually start some kind of an argument i got you i mean that's understandable yeah but i mean you know it's it's just something you know i try to avoid as much as i can you know i'll say a few words here and there but at the end of the day they were we're all out there to do the same thing you know we all you know when we're hunting we, we carry guns and if you know you say the wrong thing to someone you know it could turn very bad very quick for sure so what's do you have a crazy hunt story or anything crazy that you've seen or run into while you're out there like craziest coolest anything like that no i mean 
not really. It's just um, I, w- I was with my dad one time, and uh, there was a flock of snows that flew over these guys, and um, he uh, the guys next to him, there were four snow geese, and they shot three. And the other one came over him about 70 yards, and he scraped it down, and it had a collar and a band on it. And the other three that the other guy shot didn't had no bands on it at all. So that was kind of the, the luck of the draw on that one. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, I've never I mean, it, on even, you know, scouting or blasting or anything with all the yeah, uh, I've chased around and whatnot. Yeah, but, you know, other than that, you know, it's just, um, you know, I, a couple of the bands that I've got, you know, has been times where I've went and looked, you know, before and I couldn't find a bird. And then I go back there a half hour later and, you know, I, uh, I end up finding the bird and it ends up having a band on it. So, you know, that definitely pushes me a lot more, you know, if I sail a bird off to really, to really go look for it. Yeah. I mean, I've never shot a band. I've seen one band shot and we found one band and the way we found it was we were snow goose hunting. We were in one field and then across the road was a different field that another group was in. And when we had got there, we got there afternoon and that morning, my cousin had been hunting the spread and he said that those guys across the field were shooting them, but they sailed a bunch into this field that was North of us even. So we went up there and we were just going to kind of check it out and pick up their birds if they had left any. And sure enough, there was one snow goose just out there in the middle of this field, like way out there. And he sent his dog out there and the dog brought it back and the thing was banded. Those guys had sailed and went like a mile north and we found it, came back, had a band on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I kind of had a, 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 not really a similar hunt to that last year, but um, California, you're, you know, you're only allowed 20 snow geese and uh, 10 darks during regular season. And uh, I shot I shot my limited geese and limited ducks in about an hour and a half. And it was just, it was fog. And, you know, I had a grind of snow geese about 100 yards from me, just socked in fog. And those birds didn't get up all day, so... You know, I just kept having grinds and grinds come over me, and uh, I went, I went and looked around after, you know, because there were a bunch of guys that were also hunting, and uh, there was probably about eighteen cripples kind of sitting within the rice checks that we were hunting, and uh, one of them that I picked up was banded. Really? Yep. That's it's crazy how it is. Or just like those guys would be driving down the road and they find dead when they stop and check it out, and it's got a band on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just. It's it's crazy how some of that stuff works. You know, that's why I've always kind of stressed to some guys, you know, like to really put in your time to look for those birds because you never know. Yeah. All right. If you had to give any advice to people who want to go to California to hunt, what would you give them? Um, definitely look into a outfitter that um, has a very reputable – um, like a good service and everything because there are a lot, there are quite a few guys in California that, you know, it's, um, it's very tough hunting because a lot of these guys hunt rice fields and everything. And, you know, um, the birds are there one day and the next day they could be gone. So just really, really put in your time. Uh, if you want to come to California, one way to, I think you could guarantee to do kill a lot of birds is, um, go hunt the bays and stuff with some guys on the bays and you can kill, you know, your scoters, your golden eyes, your branch. And that's definitely, that's definitely a fun hunt to do. That'll definitely put you on bird, but yeah, just make sure, you know, you look, look, really look into your guide services and uh, just make sure you can kind of have everything lined out between your ammo and get your guns into the state and whatnot. Because if, you know, if you're not prepared for that and you come into California with no ammo, 
you know, it's going to be very, very hard for you to try to pick up ammo, you know, and it, it may come to the point where you, might, where you may not be able to hunt at all because you don't have any ammo and you can't get ammo. Do you know if there's anything special like bringing your gun across the line? Like, is it like going into Canada where you got to fill out the paperwork before and whatnot? Yep, you got to fill, you know, fill out all the paperwork and you got to have it, you know, in a special special lock and you have to leave the keys with them so they can go in there and make sure you're bringing in what you say you're bringing in. Okay. So that's pretty close to when we go up to Canada from here. We got to go in before we go and fill out the paperwork with the serial number or the VIN numbers, no serial numbers on the guns and whatnot. And they have to be in a case and the ammo's got to be in a separate, you know, spot from that and whatnot. Yeah. And I don't, don't quote me on this, but I don't, do not believe you can fly ammo in from out of state. I believe you have to either have it driven across state lines or you have to have someone here to buy it for you. Okay. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to say to the people or anything? You got any social media you want to plug or anything like that? Um, you know, I, w- I would say my social media, but some of the posts that I have kind of give out some good spots. So I'm I got- good on my social media tags and everything, but um, just, you know, make the best go, definitely go out and do your homework before you go hunt in certain areas. I use Onyx a lot and Onyx is a lifesaver for being able to keep points and being able to see what's public and what's private and, you know, the contact information. So definitely go out and do your homework before you go on hunts and uh, always shoot straight and have fun. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton. You have a good night and a good rest of your season. Thank you. You too. I'm sure we'll be in contact with everyone. For sure. All right. Talk to you later. All right.